Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Ian from Nation of Language and this band, um, he actually talks about how um, impactful lockdown was for, in, in regards for them sort of literally growing um, uh, uh, in reach of the band. And it was certainly something that was where I found them. Six Music was playing uh, Fractured Mind, and, and it's just an incredible pop record. Um, there's so much to like about this band. Um, for me, as somebody that is you know, obsessed with, with synth pop uh, and, and, and kind of indie music. This band in, in, encompass it all. And um, and needless to say, Ian chooses some fantastic records um, on here. And, and the conversation pinballs into other bands and it's, it's a really, really good chat. Um, and yeah, I mean, for God's sake, I'm sitting there in my shed at the end of my garden in a grey rainy day and uh his backdrop was palm trees um it looked very beautiful uh stateside um look before we get um on with it a few thank yous um i want to thank scroobius pip and everybody at the distraction pieces network um i want to thank uh the team at blue murder club uh that's a true crime podcast um it's a wonderful true crime podcast and i recommend that you go and listen to it um and, uh, and it's the team over there that produce uh, the audio for this podcast. So, um, so big thanks to those over there. Um, also, if it's your first time listening, then hello. Um, you're very, very um, late to this this podcast party. We've done bloody loads of episodes, over five hundred now. Um, but all I'll say is, when you get to the end of today's chat with Ian, go and explore that back catalogue. Um, because if you like your synth pop, then um, who've I had on from the world of synth pop? Andy McCluskey from OMD. Um, fantastic, fantastic chat. Um, Bell and Sebastian get a mention. They're not one of his song choices. Um, had a wonderful chat with um, with them uh, on, on on a previous episode. Um, oh, who else have I had on? Uh, Heaven Seventeen. Um, and we, we, we discussed shoegaze as well. And, um, and I've, you know, had a great chat with Andy Bell um, of, of both Ride and, and previously um, Oasis and BDI and then Ride previously to that. And uh, we, we, we talk about uh, America's love of, 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 of shoegaze and, uh, and we reference Andy in that, that conversation as well. Um, and, I mean, if, if you like your, your big big indie bands like the Killers and the Kooks and the Kaiser Chiefs and that they've all been on and uh and yeah through to your big rock roll he's like the Foos and Motley Crue and stuff so so go get stuck in oh synth pop I had an aha on and uh it's impossible not to sound like Alan Partridge when you do that but um yeah had a great chat with 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 aha and uh but uh and they're all available they're all available for free. So when you get to the end of today's episode, go and explore that back catalogue. And while you're over there, click subscribe because I've got some amazing episodes coming your way soon and I don't want you to miss any. So if you do that, that will make you just pop up on uh, your listening device. How can you support the podcast? That's what I can hear you all screaming at me. Well, it's really easy, right? You can do it totally for free by just nudging your friend and going... 
if you listen to this podcast, it's called Off the Beaten Track, and uh, it's really good. It's this old guy with a lisp from Essex who gets overexcited um, talking about bands with um, lots of amazing creatives. So you can do that. As I just mentioned, you can subscribe. Um, but what you can do is become a Patreon. Now, I say this every episode, and and why not pause this and go and do do, do this now? Because it's a dollar. It's 70p. And, and I've tried to give you two episodes a week for the last four years, I think. And uh, and the way that you can support the podcast and uh, and help cover the costs of, of you know the production of it and stuff is by um, signing up to the Patreon. And you can sign up for a month; it costs you seventy p, and then cancel. And then in that first month, you can absolutely rinse the back catalogue because there's hundreds and hundreds of episodes, hundreds of radio shows. I recorded loads of radio shows. Um, and also, you can go and watch all, all the episodes over on Patreon. I put the videos up so you can go and um, watch this one. You, know, you can go and watch my chat with National Language. Um, and that's just part of what you get for your 70 pence or your $1. Um, what the best part is, is once a month we do a live show. And it's on Zoom. And uh, and we pick a little subject. We're recording one tomorrow. And, uh, and we're doing one where we will discuss our favourite music videos. And... Uh, and I'd love you to come along. It's, it's honestly, there's there's a, a lovely little crowd of people, and we've been doing. I think we've done about ten now, and it's just a really nice hangout. It's it's a really non-judgy, lovely little kind of hangout. We're not trying to be cool with with our song picks and that. It's lots of kind of nostalgia and and little stories and and reasons as to why people love these records and 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 videos and such. It's a, it's a really nice little thing. You can join them. Have your camera off or your mic off and just sit there and and, and and watch and enjoy. Or it's also your opportunity to to speak up and uh, and, and and feature on an episode of the podcast. Uh, and like I say, it's it costs you one dollar a month. So I'd I'd really appreciate it if um if more of you would give that a look and uh, head over to Patreon p a t r e o n dot com forward slash off the beat and track won't cost you anything to go over there and have a look. You'll see a little video of me sitting there telling you all about it. And uh, why not try it for a month? Just um, seventy pence, and uh, and that seventy p really would help. It all goes in the pot to to cover the costs of um, putting this together for you. You can find out about that. You can find out about. Everything else to do with a podcast at your one-stop shop, which is off the beat and trackpodcast.com. Right, I think that's all the, uh, the, the the begging and borrowing bit done, and uh, we can get on to the good bit now. Please enjoy off the beat and track podcast with the delightful Ian from Nation of Language. It's off the beat and track podcast. On the Distraction Pieces Network, it may stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Ian, how are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm like out on tour, and that's always a good place to be for me. Um, I love being on the road, so I'm Wonderful. very happy. Wonderful. Well, you, you literally, your backdrop is is a palm tree, and you're in California, so I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm very jealous. It's uh, it looks it, it is, looks it is glorious. Chilly, but... Okay, okay, right. Let's jump into your playlist, and I'm going to ask you first to tell me, please, Ian, the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. That would be uh, the extended dance mix of Bizarre Love Triangle by new order um which is a you know kind of it's a very nation of language answer uh <laughs> but um yeah it's just honestly it's one of the it's a song that just stands out so much from my childhood and for the longest time it was the only version that i knew of the song and i remember hearing the like i guess real version and feeling so cheated that I didn't have this long drawn out thing. Uh, Cause you know, it's just something about how much it's stretched out. It makes it that much more satisfying when the vocals do come in to me. 
Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And there's, on that version as well, there's the little bit around the time of the middle eight where it almost sounds like they've put like a vocoder on Bernard's voice. And, yes, uh, and it's yeah. so good. It, it, and, and, and I can't agree with you more. I heard that version way before I heard the single edit. And it's like, when mm-hmm. you do hear that, you're like, man, they've like cropped all the good shit out here. Like yeah, all the yeah, stuff at the beginning. The song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, as you know, I, I'm a 50 year old man. So I grew up surrounded by, you know, some amazing electronic music. Obviously, you know, the likes of New Order and Depeche Mode and you know, Erasure and the Pet Shop Boys and so many of these sort of UK electronic bands, like how did them bands sort of filter through to, to, to you in the States? I think for me, it came through my parents. Um, they just like, they loved all of that stuff. And their music tastes were fairly eclectic, but, you know, like as growing up, there was a lot of like, sort of clash and ramones like early punk and then there was also a lot of uh sort of like new wave and post-punk music going on as i was just like running around as a little kid um and so i think i kind of lost touch with a lot of that the like sort of synthier music like as i came into my like teenage years and i was all in on like the sort of Ramones and Clash side of let's just like get guitars and be as aggressive as possible. Um, And so then kind of the sort of part of what spawned this band was kind of rediscovering those sounds and uh, wanting to, you know, as someone who had been writing a lot of songs being like, I wonder if I could figure out a way to make some version of this myself because I had never really tried anything like that before i'm interested to know that i mean you mentioned ramones and the clash and then you you know to to, to draw that back to bizarre love triangle and and you love the fact that there's that elongated intro rather than the the single edit bands like the ramones Mm. and the clash like you say it was you know two and a half minute you know and that's a long song for the ramones you know of of just straight to it straight to it so I want to take it back to to you as a songwriter now, and 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 in a world where, you know, there's there's software like you know and, and apps and social media platforms like TikTok and Spotify playlists and all of these things that are kind of become the new thing to market your music via, and mm. lots of them kind of platforms for me definitely seem to lean towards younger people's shortening attention spans and rapid Mm. movement of thumbs Mm. with all of that in mind Ian like how do you approach making music and essentially the intro does any of them kind of trends in how music is is put across now does any of that filter through into your creative process no I mean I the uh the the way that things are consumed now doesn't filter into the creative process for me um i will say that despite the fact that i love an intro i am notorious for uh like we'll get into the studio and i'll realize like all the songs start with my voice immediately and so maybe i did internalize that sort of uh ramonesy like let's get to the point sort of thing although i am notorious for also uh it's like some, somehow I start singing immediately and the song is still like five to six minutes long. Um, <laughs> How does that happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I just love an outro. And that's what it is. Um, but uh, the, I've, I think I've come to embrace um, the sort of single edit as a means of keeping the sort of attention because especially for radio like most radio stations don't want a song that's longer than four minutes but if i'm like writing a song and i'm really feeling it and i i'm like i don't see how long it is you know um but there will certainly be times where i finish a song and we're like oh like this like this radio station wants to play it but it's you know five minutes long 
And for me, it becomes, it used to be something where I was like, absolutely not. Like the song is the song. And, you know, that's the only way you're going to get it. And I've kind of changed over time in the sense that it becomes a kind of fun challenge to me, you know, because you see that, you know, New Order has long versions, they have short versions, different people have their favorites of those. Um, and uh, to try and see how I can reshape my own song after it's done, uh, especially because it's it, generally speaking, it's just for the radio and it's not even on streaming. Um, is like a kind of a fun challenge to myself. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you for track two, please, Ian, to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Uh, I For this one, I said Redemption Song by Bob Marley. Um, and I think it's just a lot of the songs that I remember from my very early childhood, one of them being Bizarre Love Triangle, Another was like Police and Thieves by The Clash. They they did make me want to like dance and stuff, but I feel like Redemption Song was kind of the first song that had this melancholy to it that I, I wanted to hear when I was a kid that would just sort of like bring me down or was like good when I was sort of down. Um, And yeah, I think it's like, it's one of those things that is you can play it just as like a pleasant slow song or you can really feel the kind of weight of it um and uh i mean i've i've just always loved it if you had to pinpoint the emotion what would it have been i mean i think melancholy feels like the right sort of like um, top billing for for that song. Uh, you know, it feels just kind of like wistful and sad, and it's it's like there's a there's an age old pain that is confronted instead of rejected. Um, that I think is very kind of extra extra heavy to me when you can um like accept the burden of pain rather than try to fight it off all the time yeah it's so strange isn't it when you're young that songs are just sounds and 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 things that make you dance and then you do get this this moment this first time you hear this whatever song it is that you realize there's levels to music and you realize something mm -hmm. cuts a little deeper and that's a strange time to it's a very strange weird moment to kind of just have something just kind of grab your body insides you know in a different way that than, than music ever had i think that's something that i think from that moment on i don't think you ever get that kind of experience with music again for the rest of your life i think it is just that first time that something weighs that much heavier i don't mm -hmm. know maybe when I you mean, get yes. Yeah, go well, on, sorry. Especially when you don't have like the vocabulary to say why. Absolutely. Um, and it's it's all just in here and like pointing to my head and in here in your chest and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's like all all you can do is experience it. You can't explain it. You mentioned earlier some of the, the the music that you was exposed to by your parents um tell us a little bit about um those times where where, where did you grow up and, and and what other sort of music was you being exposed to at home uh i grew up in new jersey kind of like just outside new york city um and um just a very like standard suburban town um and the music was there was like my parents are, you know, they have never wanted to be people that were sort of trapped in the past about music. So while I would get sort of 60s and 70s music, there was also, you know, I can remember when my dad showed me like In the Garage by Weezer 
and that became like my favorite song and he you know he was listening to like smashing pumpkins and he was the one when i was in high school that was like oh you should check out like bell and sebastian and interpol and yola tango man and- that's a cool dad <laughs> uh which i mean i mean it, it's funny too because it, it's not like uh you know he's a very i say this affectionately like a very normal regular dad you wouldn't like point at him and be like that guy thinks he's cool you know yeah. um and uh i think i never really even appreciated that that was like an odd thing um because i think that's not you know, I definitely had realized that my parents' friends were sort of like, there's been no good band since Led Zeppelin sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And you're like, oh, well, that's that's just not true. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think I was just very fortunate in that there was always new things coming at me yeah. um, without even processing it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. That's, that's so cool. Imagine that. I mean, a, it's making me feel old as well. The fact that when Interpol come out, I was I was a I was a full on adult by that point. So uh, now feeling quite <laughs> old. But yeah, that's a cool dad. That's a very cool dad. Um, I'm going to stay in the formative years for for track three, and I'm going to ask you, please, to tell me about the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Uh, for that, I went with uh, "Madam George" by Van Morrison off of and really it's like all of astral weeks um but that song especially um there was just this at the end of high school there was this kind of odd you know i had my core group of friends through all of you know my middle school high school years but then at the very end of high school there was sort of another it was a group of like four of us that we just had this like two classes together and uh we didn't really hang out before that year like the last year of high school and we never really hung out again after it but there was this very brief period where we were just driving around the suburbs all the time in like the early summer like right before school ended and you know everyone was going to go their separate ways for university and everything uh and we were listening to it was basically just Astro Weeks and uh Ga 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 by Spoon. Yeah. Just sort of like back and forth. Uh, which is not a pairing that makes a like a ton of sense, I guess, but um it yeah, it was just like a very special time and uh really kind of yeah, I mean, I am definitely like nostalgic for that period um, because it felt so. It was just like a strange side chapter to whatever was going on with the rest of my normal friend group and everything. Um, but yeah, Madam George was 
probably the one that I would just hit repeat on the most. Um, I think because there is this sort of, yeah, like wistful sadness to it that felt appropriate for the circumstances of like these new friendships that you'll never have this sort of close time together after this. Yeah. yeah. And if we're talking, you know, to, to go back to intros and just that opening line, the way that he sings down on Cypress Avenue, it just yeah. rips your heart from your chest. It's powerful <laughs> shit, that. And, and, and just that record in its entire, I mean, you're talking to the right person here, and that's one of my, the, the greatest records ever made. And mm-hmm. I think that was recorded in like three days or something, that record. I like, heard that, it's yeah. just crazy, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, oh, that, that's summer music as well. That's like, that is one of my go-to. As soon as we don't get a lot of sunshine in the UK, but when we do, mm-hmm. that record comes out. That Shame About Ray by Lemonheads. They're my two summer records. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so tell me about school. Was it something that you enjoyed? And and I'll and I'll double up on that question as well. What did you want to be when you was at school as well? Um, I did. I mean, I did enjoy school. Um, it's yeah, I think I just I was fortunate in that I I had like a good group of friends and we we were like there were the group within that group that were like writing music together and sort of I think that really helped uh you sort of didn't care what else was going on outside of that uh and it just, yeah, it felt like a very creative and um, kind of wholesome time uh, in life. And I've always said that, like, one of my dreams for being in a band is that, like, I think back to when I was in high school and uh, there would be bands that, in retrospect, like, were not very big but we would just be like my group of friends would obsess over them and they were they loomed so large for us but in reality they like were not super popular um and i've always thought it would be so cool to be one of those bands i mean it would also be great to be super popular but um (laughs) but to sort of mean a lot to people in their formative years i think is uh a very kind of magical thing um, that I would have always dreamed of. But surely you must, you know, when you're playing live and you see people's reactions and how they're embracing and, 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 you know, living in that moment that, that, Mm. that you're delivering to them, surely you must experience something like that from that. Surely. Oh yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, and, you know, especially because we sort of started to gain more fans during lockdowns and didn't get to see anyone. Once we started playing live, I think that meant even that much more to me. Um, and it it's one of my favorite things is like when we're able to go and talk to people and hear, you know, their stories of how they found the music, what the music means to them. Um, but I have found that a lot of the like younger people uh either it's not their instinct or they're too nervous to kind of like share those things generally it's more like confident adults um and so there is this wondering if if uh like like you you, you can see from the audience and you can feel that the songs mean something to them, which is, you know, a, a feeling that is kind of impossible to describe. Um, but, uh, yeah, you don't hear as much after the show from, from the very young. Yeah. So did you know, was music something you was always going to pursue from a young age? Yeah, I guess I never 
considered that I could fully do it as a job. That was always sort of a dream uh, of mine. But, you know, when I went off to university, my major was like music business, which I ended up not liking very much. And I, I dropped out after like three months um, to just like be in a band instead. Um, and I think that that moment was when I realized, no, actually, like I, I want to do this and I will, even if it is not my main source of income, you know, I'll happily deliver pizzas and make coffee and do whatever else I have to do, uh, in order to support this thing, because it just really feels so different. Um, and nothing else kind of gives you that that same feeling. I found it really interesting how you framed it when you said, "And then I dropped out to, to just just be in a band." Like like just being in a band is not enough, you know, and it, it, it's more <laughs> than enough. But it's so interesting, isn't it? Our society kind of does look at the, the arts and things like, well, yeah, you can try that, you know. It's not a mm -hmm. proper thing. You can try that, and it's not until. You know, you, 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 you I, I guess maybe the sort of financial realities of it sort of start to work where, like, you can pay your bills and live as a musician. But it is strange, isn't it? That just as soon as you said that, I've been in that situation myself, you know, many, many years ago, where you just kind of quit to try something that you're passionate about. And it does feel yeah. like, well, yeah, I'm just going to just do this for a bit and, and, and see, you know, and it doesn't feel like, oh, I've got a new job and I'm going to pursue this. And it, it just feels. I don't know where, where, you know, if this is coming across right. Do you understand what I'm sort of saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think so often it is like the arts are kind of treated as a a sideshow of life when when you're like every everyone consumes them as though it's not a sideshow. But then when confronted with someone that wants to make it. Uh, I think it is sort of, it becomes that to people. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think, and, you know, I think there are also people for whom it is happily a hobby on the side. Absolutely. Um, but, and that's, you know, to me just as valid, but I think too often it's, uh, assumed that it should be that for yeah. for everyone <laughs> absolutely i'm gonna ask you for track four to tell me about the first record you remember buying from a record store please the first record i can remember buying was come with me by puff daddy featuring jimmy page yeah uh and it was because i had seen the godzilla movie and it was probably like maybe 2000 um and that was the theme song. And it, I didn't even know at that point, I don't think I even knew Cashmere, which it's like sampling by Led Zeppelin. Um, and I just thought, I was like, man, like this theme song is so sick. Like, and it was, it was back in the day where it was like a CD single. So it was just two songs. It was like yeah. the regular version and then the radio edit. Um, and I went down to my, to my local Sam Goody, which is a CD store chain that used to exist in America and no longer does. It, it existed um, for a very brief time in the UK as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there was a, uh, it was pretty central to um, my early music life. You would just go and there'd be all these posters of like Aerosmith and Tupac. And uh, you just like browse through all these CDs and, not know what like any of them were but um yeah i remember showing my older cousin the song and he he was like that's led zeppelin and i was like, like what are you talking about because i didn't even understand the concept of like sampling things sure. uh and I, I was it said featuring jimmy page on the cd and i was like who the hell is jimmy page um and so he opened my eyes to uh classic rock in in a lot of ways after that fantastic 
What's your relationship with the record store like now in like you know when you're on tour and you get to a new town and there's a there's a record store there will you go in is it something that still sort of excites you to record store oh absolutely um i think my my sort of relationship to them has only deepened in the sense that uh you know as well aiden and i will do like vinyl djing sometimes and so now there's almost like when I go into a record store, there is there are sort of new angles through which I view everything. Because oftentimes, when I'm thinking about listening at home, I'll sort of lean more towards kind of like ambient or or sort of kraut rock, like uh, instrumental things that I can put on and um, you know, just sort of let be the atmosphere. Sure. But then I'll also be looking through and I'll be like, all right, I need to find All Night Long by Lionel Richie because that is when when you drop the needle on that song, when you're DJing, everyone loses their minds. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, I feel like I cast a much broader net now. Um, it's not just like, I need to get the new Beach House album. It's like the the sort of uses or applications rather of of various types of music sort of filter through my brain in in new ways and so yeah we're always trying to stop into record stores on the road and uh um it's uh definitely and it's also for me it's just a place of great inspiration yeah. where when you can look at like an an artist's catalog and see like the sort of history of their career in on the shelves it it makes me want to have a history to my career and like go home and make stuff myself and sort of try to develop as an artist um and so yeah record stores and bookstores as well in, in that sense are really big sources of inspiration for me wonderful let's go clubbing tell me about the song that soundtracked mm -hmm. your years clubbing? Uh, Ever Fallen in Love by the Buzzcocks would be the song that, you know, when I dropped out of, I went to university in New York City, um, but then I dropped out and I was living back in New Jersey at home. But basically every weekend I would go back into New York and hang out with my friends and uh there was um like a diy punk venue called shea stadium named after the former stadium where the mets used to play baseball that was like destroyed that's, and, where, that's uh, where the beatles played the seminal show right yes yeah 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 um and so that was a place that i would where i played like a lot of music in my early 20s um and really was sort of my introduction to the new york music scene as an outsider um but there was just a lot of like ever fallen in love was just a song that was like a staple of like between band playlists at the venue and then you know when even when we didn't go out it was a song that was just we're just like drinking beers in an apartment. Like that's this kind of song we're putting on um, and really kind of steered. I don't know. It, or it rather. Um, yeah, that's when I think back, it's like that. And maybe like the rat by the Walkman would be another one that we're just like, I'm drinking with my buddies and we're having a great time. And uh, there's just sort of this vibrancy and this, uh, like buzz to the evening um, that those those songs, but especially the Buzzcocks, really. Um. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Represent. You chose two records there that have off the scale fucking energy like, <laughs> like buzzcocks i mean you know we talk about the ramones and 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 and, and you know getting straight to the point i mean that mm. track there pete shelley's you know vocals ridiculously good and and i know for a fact that the first time i saw the video to to, to the rat i just remember like just watching the drummer just thinking holy fuck how is this guy drumming this fast it was it's the energy and like was was ridiculous, and it turns out, kind of weird little story. My band, way back, way back, played a load of shows with a band called Jonathan Fire Eater that ended up being oh, yeah. being the Walkman, which was surreal. Wow. It was like, I'm looking at, it, I'm thinking, that's that fucking band from years ago, man. That's so weird. So but, cool. but um, but yeah, and uh, both of them records just absolutely thunder along and. Yeah, perfect pop record ever fallen in love. I think it's as close to perfect as it gets. Yeah. And it's funny with, with the rat, uh, I remember seeing, you know, the Walkman, they their like first performance back in a really long time was on like a late night show in the US. I can't remember which one, but um the afterwards they uh I saw this text thread that had been screenshotted. Uh where they were like, oh, so like, are we going to meet up and practice before this thing? And they're like, nah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and and the, the drummer is like, wait, are you guys serious? Like, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> but apparently, apparently they did not practice once before going and doing it on TV. And it's like flawless. But yeah, the drummer is just like Unreal. working. Unreal. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That That's immense levels of confidence, isn't it? Just going, yeah. nah, nah, we'll be fine. <clears throat> i don't know maybe it's confidence or maybe it's just ah well let's see what happens who knows yeah uh love that um i mean talking confidence like you know looking at performances that that, that you've done you know you, you you're a very enigmatic front man and, and you put so much into it like you seem like a very quiet humble guy as we're chatting there but the person mm -hmm. we see on stage tell me would you see yourself as a as a confident person um, I think I have grown into being a confident person from being a, well, I guess, I don't know. It's, it's like, I think it has swung back and forth significantly throughout my life. I feel generally baseline more confident as I've gotten older now, yeah. but, um, but I think, uh, you know, there was especially through like the teenage years and early twenties, this kind of overconfidence mixed with deep self-consciousness. Um, and which is a, a, a heady brew for a, for a young guy. But, um, I think just performing more and more kind of makes me feel calmer in my regular life yeah um and i think it's and it's why i encourage anyone to to like make music and try and perform music because it really does uh sort of hit this part of your brain that you don't really often get in regular day-to-day -day life and you, you can sort of see it 
at like if you go to like karaoke when people are like having this moment and I'm like, oh, like I get that, you know, I'll go on the road for three months and I'll get that like most nights a week. But for a lot of people, they especially like in a city when people don't really have a car because you can like sing in your car. But when you're just in an apartment where everyone can hear through the walls and you're on the subway, like most people don't get an opportunity to just belt music. Yeah. Um, and it's, it really does something that I think is super valuable in terms of, uh, just making you feel good about yourself. And, uh, yeah, it's like a certain kind of endorphin rush that is difficult to replicate. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to take you home for this one. And I'd like to you to tell me, please, Ian, for track six, a favorite song from an artist from your home county. Um. Oh, county. I I read it as country. Ian, I've done five hundred and six episodes of this podcast, <laughs> and I reckon about four hundred and eighty people said exactly what you've just said. So don't worry, <laughs> you're you're very okay. much part of the majority. You can go. You, it's up to you. If you want to think of county, I'm not going to put you on the spot. If you want to go with country, we can do that. Um, I guess I can. I for well for country I said a change is gonna come by Sam Cooke because I think it's just one of the most beautiful songs ever written. To the best of my knowledge, though, Sam Cooke is well. I mean, I, he's in, he's not from New Jersey, uh, or especially Union County, New Jersey. Um, Has he got the greatest voice of all time, Sam Cooke? I believe it is likely, um, but I can say that Frank Sinatra is from quite close to where I grew up. Frantically Googling. I'm loving this. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a... <laughs> or, I mean, oh, I should just go with Bruce Springsteen because he is also from very close to where I grew up. You can't say so, New Jersey and not talk about the boss, right? Yeah, it's it just, it it makes too much sense. And so... I think 10th Avenue Freeze Out by Bruce Springsteen is the song that I will go with. Uh, and I was sort of like the Springsteen, like the biggest hits were sort of interspersed throughout my childhood, but um, it wasn't until kind of late teens, early 20s that I was like, oh, let me actually like put on some records in their entirety and t like take it all in as a group. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think Born to Run as a record is, uh, it sort of stands apart in a lot of ways. Um, and 10th Avenue Freeze Out is just the one that I definitely would hit repeat on the most. But, uh, and I believe it's also, I have this like internal list in my head of eight song albums because I've always dreamed of making an eight song album uh, where like there's so many that are just so good. It's like Changes by David Bowie, Born to Run, uh, I think maybe Trans Europe Express yep. might be one. Um, What's Astral Weeks? Uh, Astral Weeks, I. It might be. And I just realized the self-titled Slow Dive album that came out in like 2017, that's also eight songs. Um, but yeah, there's like, there's so many where you're like, oh, like every song is just like a killer. And it's, yeah, it's like track wise, it's concise, but it still feels like a whole proper record. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's definitely up in this like, pantheon of special albums that just kind of sit above uh the rest of the catalog in, in a way um you you mentioned slow dive there and uh i'm always interested because um i, I wouldn't say that slow dive experienced big commercial success in the uk 
Um, mm-hmm. But it's so weird. I, I, I had um, a while ago. I had Andy Bell from uh, Ride uh, mm-hmm. on the on the podcast, and and he was saying when he was in Oasis, like in the UK, everyone was like, "It's Andy Bell from Oasis." But he said when we mm-hmm. got to the states, and I'd we'd be doing record signings, people would be coming in with their ride records going, holy shit, it's Andy Bell from Ride. No, like, not wow. interested in Oasis. Uh, and and <laughs> in the UK, Oasis is fucking huge. But yeah. I'm always interested with that kind of, and the same with my bloody Valentine and America's kind of love of, of the shoegaze scene. Like, how does that sort of, you know, what's been your experience with it and how did you find it? I mean, to me, it, it did always, it, like, it was kind of one of those bands where I was never sure how popular it was outside of the bubble of my friend group. Yeah. In which it was very popular. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it just, uh, the genre in general kind of captures, uh, a sort of like bleary romanticism that I think really lends itself to, uh, like youth. Um, and then I think is, you know, still just carried with me now because it even the the new songs transport me back to this uh kind of magical time um and we were actually just a few days ago uh we were performing at a festival in poland and um we're like doing the thing and i look over and i can see that some of slow dive is watching the set no and i was way. like oh my god <laughs> and then a- afterwards uh neil came over and was just like we were just like shooting the shit just like talking for a while and i was like oh holy crap like and then so <laughs> at the end of the night we like got a picture together and we, we sat on the side of the stage for their performance and all of us were just like in awe it's like so good um and uh yeah it's like the it's interesting and really inspiring whenever you know i think they're thought of as these sort of like titans of the 90s but then the fact that they can just come back in 2017 and put out this album where everyone's like this is incredible like yeah it's it is it's so familiar and yet it is new and uh i think they really have had a fascinating career uh that uh you just like you want you want to see where it goes and now that yeah they're putting out new singles now and it's a super exciting time to be a slow dive fan love it love it last track in and this is where you get to be uh tastemaker tell me a song please that you think many people may not know that you would like them to go and hear uh so in this one my answer is uh, sort of selfish because i get to talk about myself which is uh one of my favorite pastimes um but uh the song is zoom hertz z-u-m-h-e-r-z by the band gorilla toss and uh it uh is on a like when noi put out their 50th anniversary box set uh this song is on one of the bonus discs where they had various other bands uh remix noi songs or contribute songs that were like directly inspired by noi and this was the um submission by the band gorilla toss who are like a sub pop band and uh they were recording it like when we were in the studio recording one of our singles um last year uh they had been in the studio right before working on this song and our producer was like like we we had never met before but we both bands knew that we were fans of each other's bands. And so they had mentioned to, to the producer, like, Oh, like, wouldn't it be like sort of sick if Ian sang some like backup vocals on this song? 
if he's coming in tomorrow. And so just like whenever we wrapped up what we were doing, I just like went to the vocal booth and like their songs, it's fun because it's like there, there is a, a lot of sort of synth power in their music, but where we often tend towards minimalism, they definitely tend towards maximalism. Yeah. And so uh, it was like, there were so many harmonies that I recorded, like for them to choose from that they had already done, but it was like, let's just fit more and more into this song and like make it as huge as possible by the end. Um, and uh, it's just like a really terrific highway driving song. There's like so much energy to it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's like all, all of their music is super interesting and sort of like trippy and strange and drippy in these weird ways. Um, Wonderful. Perfect, perfect chat. Um, well, look, while we're talking about your vocals, let's, um, let, before we start to, to wrap things up, I should also say that um, we put together in a little Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast uh, with all of the songs that you've, <laughs> you've spoken about today so people can go and experience, um, the, the, you know, if, if they've not heard of any of the records that we've spoken about today, certainly that last track, um, which I hadn't heard until I got your list over. And it's an incredible record, man. And, and like you say, it thunders along. It's got such energy. Um, mm. So um, with everything else in mind, what's going on with, with you and your band? Oh, right now we're like uh, in the midst of a sort of strange festival tour uh where we you know we just well just yesterday we were in europe actually i was awake for like 23 hours uh because i'm not good at sleeping on planes but um we it was like two festivals in germany and then one in poland and then we flew to san francisco now where we are um to do a festival here and then we'll fly up to seattle to play a festival there as well as like headlining shows in Vancouver and Portland. Um, and then it, it's funny cause we're sort of in this mode where throughout the summer we've like gone away for a little festival run, come back home, gone away for a little festival run, come back home. Uh, but it's all sort of leading up to this starting in mid September to basically the end of the year, like right before, I think it's like December, like, I think we'll get home from our last engagement, which I don't even think has been announced yet, like September, like 16th or something like that, or sorry, December 16th. Uh, and we're basically not home for more than like four days at any time between September and December. Uh, and uh, so we're like sort of walking along the edge of this cliff that is like very exciting because I guess counterintuitively, you just kind of want to jump in. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, it's a very like exciting period for, for us. And a after this run that we're on, there'll be maybe about a month of being at home. Uh, and so that's when we'll sort of be working on, uh, building up the set with like even newer songs that at this point haven't been released yet. And, uh, you know, seeing just various ways that we can tweak the set and make everything as exciting and different as possible, kind of like night to night. Wonderful. And if people want to keep up to speed with everything that's happening with the band, where's the best place to, to do that? I think uh, Instagram is good for that, just at Nation of Language. Uh, Twitter's good for that, where our band name is too long, and so it's at Notion of Anguish um and uh yeah or just our website um has like all of our dates and um that's just nationoflanguage.com uh but yeah i think those are the the big three or facebook lovely if it's cool with you then um i'll tag you in it when this comes out so if people haven't found you already uh, they can do so uh via thank the you post very much this podcast ian it's been delightful 
uh, talking to you today. You chose some absolutely incredible records, and uh, I've been waiting for somebody to choose Bizarre Love Triangle for a long, long time. So uh, <laughs> it's finally happened. So thank you, mate. It's been really, really nice. Yeah, it's been great chatting. Thank you. I'm going to press stop. Don't go anywhere. Cool. Oh, love that chat. Love that chat. Um, what a top guy. And oh, I could have spoke for hours with with him about bands. I mean, when someone casually just drops in Slow Dive or The Walkman, you know, and, and, and bands like that, then it, it, for me, that just sparks all manner of conversations I want to have. But um, but we had an hour, and uh, and I like to think that we maxed that hour with some, some uh, delightful nattering. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed that one. And, and, and if you've not gone and listened to the music uh, of Nation Language, go and do so, because honestly, it's, it's fantastic pop music. Um, it's laced with really, really kind of cool indie undertones. Um, you'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. Um, if you're a fan of this podcast, then I know that you've got really good taste uh, in music, not in podcasts, uh, in music. And so uh, I know that you'd, uh, you'd, you'd love this. I wouldn't recommend it otherwise. And uh, yeah, why not go and check out the back catalogue now as well as I mentioned, if you like synth pop, um, and electronic music go get stuck into my chats with heaven 17 with aha um oh god with omd uh with uh darren emerson him of underworld um oh god who else paul oakenfold fat boy slim they make bleeps and tweaks and great noises and i'm probably forgetting hundreds and hundreds of amazing artists that uh, i should be shouting about right now but they're all in the archives, so go and get stuck in. Um, everything else you need to know about that and the Patreon, like I said at the beginning, if you can support us, it's 70p. Um, and uh, and come along to a live show. You'll, you'll love it. It's so much fun. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to sign off with the website address one more time. Off the beat and, not beaten, beatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. In the meantime, um, be nice to each other. Thanks again for listening. Love you. Bye-bye.